Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 12 of Genesis chapter 9. We're going to begin reading in verse 20 through verse 27. And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. I'll stop reading there. Now we have already looked at verse 20. We saw Noah, when he began to be a husbandman and planted a vineyard, is a picture of God the Father who established the vineyard of Israel of the Old Testament and the New Testament churches and congregations. And through those vineyards, God gathered fruit. And we do find, uh, for instance, here that Noah, um, after it says that he was a husbandman and he planted a vineyard, verse 21 tells us, and he drank of the wine and was drunken. Now, we we actually learn something from that statement besides the fact that Noah invited alcoholic beverage and, and got drunk. We learn something else. If we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it says in verse 7, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit? thereof. And that's exactly what he's doing when he is drinking wine. Where'd the wine come from? From his vineyard. So that means that Noah planted the vineyard. It was rained upon. It would have needed rain, so rain had to fall. The fruit developed and finally was harvested And then the grapes would have been trodden underfoot in order to get wine. So all that is in view where he drank of the wine. It ties into the statement of 1 Corinthians 9 that uh, one who plants a vineyard, you would expect to eat of the fruit of it. And and so um we we can understand that it is as though god is partaking of the fruit of the vineyard spiritually that he has planted 
that is, the, the fruitfulness of Old Testament Israel was to produce the Lord Jesus Christ. The fruitfulness of the, the church age was to produce the 144,000 first fruits, that number that figuratively represents everyone saved over the course of almost 2,000 years. And so God is in view spiritually of partaking of the fruits of his vineyard, which he has a right to do. Also, we can see uh, concerning drinking of wine, we know that it relates to the gospel. For instance, in Isaiah chapter 55, and in verse 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come ye by and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. So the milk is a type and figure of the gospel. Wine is a type and figure of the gospel. And so the vineyard produces wine that Noah partakes of as any husbandman would eat his own fruit or taste his own fruit. But it goes on to tell us and he was uncovered within his tent. And this is really made a big deal out of in this passage. Verse 21 tells us he was uncovered. Verse 22, Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. Verse 23, uh, Shem and Japheth went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And it repeats it again at the end of that verse. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And so in each of those verses, Noah's nakedness or his being uncovered is is really very much in view. God is is directing our attention to that idea. Why is God directing our attention to this idea, especially to the fact that Ham saw the nakedness of his father and and he told his two brethren and his two brethren covered him up. But when Noah awoke from his wine, it says in verse 24, and Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. Now, uh, we'll, we'll discuss why Canaan and not Ham uh, a little later, but uh, it, it was Ham who saw his nakedness and, and did nothing to cover it. Uh, I think is the problem, it's the difficulty. He just told his two other brothers, and he allowed them to cover, and they very respectfully very honorably, the Bible tells us to honor our parents, they walk backward and they had a garment laid upon their shoulders and and they, they walked backwards so they wouldn't see and finally reached him and covered his nakedness. And that act is blessed. It's spoken highly of verse 26. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah God of Shem and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. The two 
sons that cover his nakedness are blessed. The one son, Ham, who fails to cover his nakedness, but he did report on it. He's not so much cursed, but his son, Canaan, is the one that is cursed. It's a pretty strange account, except it has everything to do with the gospel. And, you know, historical accounts like this really go to prove the the spiritual nature of the Bible. Because you, you read the history, it just sounds strange. Um, the, the, the whole idea of being naked, all right, um, maybe Ham should have covered him, but it's really no big deal in the eyes of the world. You know, it's, it, they would say it's Noah's fault for getting drunk and, and falling asleep in that kind of condition. And why in the world would Canaan be blamed? You know, the natural historical situation is very unusual. And it's not until we understand the spiritual dimension that it makes perfect sense. Everything makes perfect sense. Now, first of all, the word uncovered here is Strong's number 1540, and it's found in a few other places. Let's turn to Leviticus 18, and we'll read verse 8. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. And here the word translated uncovered in Genesis 9 is translated as nakedness. And someone listening might wonder, well, what does that have to do with it? It wasn't Noah's wife. It was Noah. Yes, historically it was. But there, there's a principle here. Seeing Noah's nakedness is akin to, it's equivalent to, seeing the nakedness of his wife. In Leviticus 20, verse 11, And the man that lieth with his father's wife hath uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Ham saw his father's nakedness. And here, the equivalent is if you lie with your father's wife, you uncover his nakedness. And we've seen it in both of these verses. If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 27, it says in verse 20, Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because... He uncovereth his father's skirt, and all the people shall say, Amen. So, again, lying with your father's wife causes you to uncover your father's skirt. And and therefore, you see your father's nakedness. And notice that one involved in this sin is cursed, just like Canaan was cursed by Noah. He cursed him because Ham saw his nakedness. And, and I know some people are wondering, well, this, this, um, distinction between Ham and Canaan, but it's just better if we wait on that, uh, before uh, trying to explain it. 
So there are these scriptures that indicate if one lies with his father's wife, he uncovers his father's nakedness. And by the way, that does not mean necessarily his own mother, because there could be a man who has two wives or several wives and and a son of one of his father's wives could lie with another of his father's wives and uncover his father's nakedness that way. That that was exactly what Reuben did in Genesis chapter 35. It says in verse 22, And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. Reuben laid with a concubine, Bilhah, and Jacob heard about it. Now this was a very serious matter because of the laws that um, we just read in Leviticus, in, in Deuteronomy, the, the law stipulated that if you lie with your father's wife, you are uncovering your father's nakedness. So it was a very shameful thing. And because of this, a little further on in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 49, when Jacob was blessing his, his sons before his death, it says in Genesis 49, in verse 3, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it, he went up to my couch. So Reuben was the firstborn. We we really um, should have heard much more about Reuben since he was the firstborn son of Israel. And the, the Bible speaks of the blessings of the firstborn, the birthright of the firstborn. But because he lay with his father's wife, we read in First Chronicles chapter 5 in verse 1 the following. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. So we we can see how grievous a sin this was to lie with your father's wife, to uncover your father's nakedness. Now, now again, that is the equivalent. If Ham uncovered his father's nakedness because he saw him, then that's the same spiritually as though he were lying with Noah's wife. And that causes the loss of the birthright. Who else do we know about in the Bible that lost their birthright? Esau lost his birthright. He, he lost the blessing of the firstborn. And it was given to Jacob, to Israel himself. 
And now Israel's own son, his firstborn, loses the birthright because of lying with his father's wife. And the loss of the birthright signals the judgment of God. It indicates the wrath of God is upon you, just like Esau uh, was hated of God. Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. So too with Reuben. Uh, Reuben is not being used as someone typifying God's elect in any way. Uh, He is like the corporate body. He's like the corporate church. As Esau, Edom, typifies the unsaved within the congregations. So also does an individual that uncovers their father's nakedness typify the unsaved within the corporate church. And you might recall in the New Testament, we read about that particular sin that the Lord addressed in Leviticus and Deuteronomy concerning lying with uh, your father's wife. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, beginning in the first verse, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And you're puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And actually the Old Testament scriptures are a commentary on this passage. We, we really couldn't understand it without those other verses that is, is saying that this individual in Corinth that was in the church, he laid with one of his father's concubines and it was, it was commonly known and reported. And even the Gentiles do not commit this particular sin. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting that this man is guilty for lying with his father's wife, but that kind of sin is not found among the Gentiles. Why is that interesting? Because of Ham and Canaan. Ham, as we saw in a previous study, is the ancestor, the progenitor of the Babylonians, the Assyrians, and the Egyptians. And what do they all have in common, for the most part? They are all world powers that are enemies of the kingdom of heaven. And the Egyptians had the Israelites captive, The Assyrians destroyed Israel in the north. Babylon destroyed Judah in the south. They are all of the world. Egypt is a type and figure of the world in the Bible. So is Babylon, although Egypt occasionally and Babylon occasionally can typify 
the the church, especially Babylon, the church that has come under the power of Babylon, and the same with Assyria. Assyria is a type and figure of the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of darkness, just like Babylon, just like the world. Now, does the world bear any responsibility, spiritually speaking, insofar as the gospel's concerned, with covering the spiritual nakedness of anyone at all? And, and again, in the Bible, um, nakedness has to do with having our sins open and exposed. As we read in Hebrews 4, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In the Genesis account, Adam and Eve were naked and, and they didn't even know it until they disobeyed God and ate of the fruit of the forbidden tree. Then they tried to cover their nakedness. And God said, who told you you were naked? So from that point on, nakedness identifies with our sin condition, and the covering of nakedness points to salvation. That's why Christ is likened to a robe and his righteousness, to a robe of righteousness. And we're clothed, the Bible tells us, in fine white linen, the righteousness of the saints. The, the covering of sin, when God slew an animal, and covered Adam's nakedness in Genesis 3. That was a picture of salvation, the covering of sin. And and so here's Ham. Ham uh, is certainly a representative of the wicked kingdoms of the world, of the world itself, the world that has gone astray and away from God, and the world that no longer has identification with the kingdom of heaven or with the corporate body like Israel or the church that represents the kingdom of heaven, the world has no such relationship or ties with God. To say it another way, when there were unsafe people out in the world, when there are unsaved people, their sins are open, so they're spiritually naked, and and they're out in the world, and and the people of the world, people of Babylon, people of Egypt, people of Assyria, have contact with that individual. They see that individual's nakedness in the sense because they see his sins. He drinks with them, he drugs with them, he smokes with them, etc., and yet they do not cover that nakedness. They, they do not try to provide a spiritual covering for the spiritual nakedness. Does God hold them accountable? And the answer is no. No. No, God does not hold the world accountable because the, the nakedness itself and, and the remedy for it all exist in a spiritual plane that the world has no understanding of, and therefore God does not hold them accountable. But God did hold the New Testament church accountable to cover nakedness. And and that's why Ham, again a figure really of the unsaved of the world, 
saw his father's nakedness, but it's Canaan. Canaan who ends up being cursed. Because Canaan identifies with the land of Canaan, and the land of Canaan with the church. And the church had a duty and a responsibility and obligation to faithfully bring a gospel which would cover over the sins of man to spiritually cover their spiritual naked condition, to cover with the righteousness of Christ, the robe of of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet Ham did not, or um, the the figure is that Canaan, who, who comes from the line of Ham, the unsaved within the corporate body, did not bear up under that obligation to cover the nakedness of Noah, the nakedness of God, and therefore Canaan is cursed. The church is cursed, just as in this account in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there is this man who has uh, committed fornication, that he had his father's wife, which means he exposed the nakedness of his father, and even the Gentiles do not do that. And again, like Ham, that's not his area of concern. It's not the area of concern for the world to spiritually provide the gospel to cover over sins. And so the judgment is, by Paul standing in the place of God, in verse 3, I have judged already concerning him that has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And basically, that's what happened at the end of the church age. The church failed to cover nakedness. They were unfaithful in their gospel proclamation. They were bringing another gospel, a free will gospel primarily, and that gospel could never cover the sins of anyone because they never provided any salvation for anyone. Therefore, God came to judge. The judgment was, you are delivered to Satan. And he loosed Satan. And Satan came up out of the bottomless pit and went straightway for his seat in the temple And there he sat ruling over the churches and congregations of the world throughout the the judgment period of 23 years. And it was all for the destruction of the flesh. Now tell me, when you deliver one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, how can that possibly save the spirit? And the answer is, it, it can't. There's no way, if you're talking about an individual to deliver his flesh to Satan, and and that is somehow going to provide uh, salvation for his soul. That, that's ridiculous. And the only way this can be understood is once we recognize this is another way of saying the wheat and the tares. The wheat was the saved, the tares were the unsaved. Within the churches and congregations, you had the flesh, or the natural-minded individuals, the unsaved, And you had the spirit, the spiritually minded individuals, those that God made born again. And so when God delivered up the flesh, the carnal lot, 
the, the tares to Satan, he saved the spirit. He called his people out. And he completed his salvation program outside the world's churches. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.